Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of Arrest or Mimics. I am Ben Talon, your host for the new Illustration Limited podcast celebrating original thinking and creative innovation. Super excited to talk to our first guest on the show, who will be Danny Allison, who is a fantastic illustrator and photographer, and just back from a crazy year out in Dubai, working in the Middle East as a photographer, um, and he'll be telling us all about that experience, how he managed to create two careers out there, shooting fashion models and sports personalities by day and illustrating by night. Uh, always been a furious and hard worker, always passionate about what he does. I've known Danny for a number of years, and if you're not already aware of his work, do go and check that out. It's a fantastic, explosive style, uh, which combines his photography and his illustration, and it really kind of sets him apart stylistically, and it, it's such an extension of Danny's vibrant personality. We'll get to hear about Danny's work on the 2012 Olympic Games in London, uh, how a skateboarding injury brought him to the dance in the first place after blowing out his knee and near-death freelancing which involves Danny working on the road with scorpions and wolf spiders. Um, I can't put into words just how much of an eccentric character Danny is when you get to know him and he's full of all these kind of stories and he's very well travelled uh, especially as a freelancer so we'll get into that a little bit later. But first a few words about the title. Uh, Arrest All Mimics kind of jumped from the subconscious uh, if I'm honest. Um, I sat down with Harry Lyon-Smith, who is the director of Illustration Limited. You might also know the agency as Illustration Web. Um, They represent over 200 artists now, including myself, worldwide. And we work in animation, illustration, uh, with musicians, photographers. We work right across the board. So Harry and I wanted to put this podcast together to document the plethora of of amazing people and, uh, you know, eccentrics and really innovative projects that are going on in the creative industries today we're both super passionate about that and we wanted to sit down and and put together an editorial format that worked and we're both big podcast fans uh, right across you know a lot of mediums we both listen to sports podcasts music podcasts design podcasts there's so many out there so we wanted to do our own quite frankly we wanted to sit down with uh, the real innovators in the arts Uh, and we you know we didn't want to restrict it to the agency but we had to be in you know it had to be creative and, and interesting and, and, and what the agency's about and we struggled with the title we went round in circles and I was lucky I recently brought out my very first book uh, Champagne and Wax Crayons Riding the Madness of the Creative Industries and that title came from my editor who, who you know he laughed when I came to him with uh, creative freelancing um, toils of a freelancer all these all these mundane titles that didn't reflect the writing style or my artistic style which is quite an energetic loose uh, organic style uh, and I was struggling, you know, I didn't have that expertise. Uh, Harry and I both had some eh, kind of interesting, slightly lateral suggestions, but nothing had grabbed us. And sitting down, drawing one day, leaps out the back of the mind, arrest all mimics, bang. I was like, that's the one. It's it's controversial, it's different, but, you know, we 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 want to um, touch on, on just interesting ideas and things, cool things that are going on. And it's it's about you know i spent my first year mimicking ralph steadman and realized after a while just what a bad idea that is and uh you know it's that influence versus inspiration idea uh that underpins the arts you know there's the, the recent recent case where pharrell williams and robin thick 
uh, were ordered to pay millions of dollars to the, the children of Marvin Gaye over an alleged copyright infringement uh, on one, one of his tracks. And it, it, there was a storm in the arts. You know, people are saying this is a real assault on creativity. There were, there were like two bars in that song that crossed over and, and people were quite shocked that they'd lost the case in court and, and it, it was seen as quite a damning precedent. So, you know, it's a tongue-in-cheek reference to that too. And we're hoping that Arrest All Mimics will uh, really be an exciting new uh, new audio format that can take uh, myself and the agency new places, but also, you know, bring interesting ideas to the fore and the people behind them. So that's just a little bit about that. Um, so on to Danny. Uh, I thought Danny would be the perfect first guest for this show. Uh, he has been a massive leg up in my career. I shared studios with Danny after university. We both studied at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston on an illustration degree. And we've been friends since. And Danny's ideas and creative thinking are, are second to none. And I've been really blessed to have him in my in my career, in my life. And... He's always just, you know, he's done his own thing. He's gone off and travelled when he's got sick of things. He's come back with new ideas when that's done. And he, he's not afraid, about, you know, to change things up. And you can see that in his style. So we're going to be talking to Danny about all of those things, uh, about the travel, about the, the new ideas, about the controversy in his work from time to time. Um, and it's really exciting times, you know. Uh, Illustration Limited are really going places at the moment, taking on new talent all the time. Uh, you know, we've got offices in New York, offices in Paris, uh, Shanghai, and, you know, nothing's off the map. So if you want to be on the show, if you're interested or you've got a suggestion, get in touch. We're on the Twitter at ArrestAllMimics, and you can email ArrestAllMimics at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. And we're, we're open to ideas, so come at us, you know, pitch yourself, pitch somebody you know. We're, we're, we want to hear about it all. So let's get to it with our first guest, and uh, really excited about this. Right, so I'm here with Danny Allison, and um, we're recording on on a Friday night. And uh, how's it going, Danny? You, you, you coming from Blackpool? Yeah, you'd, you'd probably think that I'd be out boozing or something at this time of night, living in Blackpool. But uh, yeah, knocking <laughs> on a bit. So uh, just happy, happy to happy to hear from you and just having a chat instead. Yeah, times have changed. Yeah, exactly. The youth is uh, youth is uh, going down the plug, but there you go. <laughs> so, okay. So, for anyone who's not familiar with your work, just give us a quick rundown of what you do in the creative world. Um, I am a illustrator and photographer. I work professionally doing both. Um, yeah, I guess my stuff kind of uh, mixes together: photographic and illustration. I use illustration and photography, and photography and illustration. Um, it's just like a mixed. It's just a mixed bunch, really. I don't. I don't really have a style as such, but that that's what I've been doing for the last ten years. I bet. I bet it's quite a small percentage of people that actually tread quite heavily in both of those worlds in photography and illustration. It's usually very much skills that complement one another. But um, I think, um, yeah, I think you're something of a rarity in that. So, tell us about your background and and how that strange combination came about. Um. I well, I was I guess when I was a little kid, uh, I wasn't really into sort of art or anything like that. I was just into uh, skateboarding. That was like the first thing I got into, and um, I guess sort of about fourteen, fifteen, started taking interest in the adverts. You know, the photography adverts, like super creative and super colourful. So just pursued pursued photography. And at sixteen, I left school and didn't didn't go to didn't go to any sort of apart from photography school and I just went there and uh, yeah it just it just went from there really so I guess skateboarding uh, put me on this path 
what kind of when you say photography adverts for skateboarding what what kind of things do you mean because i i was i was so far away from that world i was football and and other things so i i wasn't familiar with that stuff i don't know it's weird because like uh i don't it's probably pretty difficult to explain but i guess the adverts in like skateboarding at the time skateboarding is such like an underground culture the adverts weren't like adverts as as we know it you know like if someone's advertising like a lexus car or manchester united football kit or anything like that it was a complete polar opposite of that it was like super creative super arty uh just just completely free the adverts weren't really adverts as as we knew it and they just they really looked you know sort of grabbed my attention and I kind of started to go down that path. I wanted to create them. I wanted to know how they were created. And yeah, yeah, it was just. Uh, I get. I guess it's just. It was just underground advertising, if there's such a thing, which only kind of appealed to, I guess, people like me. I guess if the average like dad or something looked at it, it just looked like a mess, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so would it would it be fair to say that the, the skateboarding kind of? The, I mean, what are your reasons for getting into that? Is it was that? Would it be fair to say that? I mean, I'm only saying this because I'm from a small town too. Um, but being in a small, t- smaller town like Blackpool, was it kind of that thing of engineering something for yourselves to do in a place that maybe didn't have that much st- stuff going on, like say London would, for example? Yeah, I, do you know? I don't know. I think, I think it, I think it's like, I think it was rebellion. To be honest, I think it was like everybody was doing this, and I guess it's the age-old story, like. Uh, you know, my mum told me not to do it, not to hang around with these sort of kids, whatever. So I kind of wanted to do it more. And then I just started to realise that the people that I was hanging around with had the same mindset. They weren't into football. They weren't into doing this and that. This was their thing. And I guess, I guess it's, it's I guess it really is the black sheep. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, we, I guess we started to see the footballers and all this is like just all the same. And we didn't want to be that. So this is what we did. Yeah, I guess subconsciously, because at that age you don't really think about that, do you? Yeah. I just didn't want to be them. I suppose it's belonging, isn't it? Like when you go to college or anything else like that, and you and you find people that have a common interest, no matter what that is. I suppose it's a gateway to that. Yeah, you think you're really individual, then you find your group, and you find that actually they've got all the, the same mindset, and it's like, wow, okay. You know, like when you first go to college, art school, suddenly you're surrounded by everybody like you, you know, and it's a bit of a mm. eye opener thinking these people exist wow there, yeah. there is that world you know it really is yeah yeah I, so, so i guess it's that i guess it was just didn't want to follow the crowd went to do that i, I guess yeah and am i might am i right in thinking that it was a, a skateboarding injury that that kind of that that was kind of a um your way of finding the arts in terms of actually practicing you know as a, as a creative yeah man um <clears throat> i i was i was into it pretty heavily um and I, I really used to push myself, and I've completely smashed my body. I'm 36 years old now, and, and I'm not joking. I struggle to like get upstairs and stuff. I'm not kidding. Like I've had so many injuries, but yeah, I snapped a, a cruciate ligament in my knee, and it led to a whole load of problems. And uh, I had to stop skateboarding, and then I was lost because that was all I'd known for like 10 years. So I, I really had nothing. I didn't have any other skill or whatever, but I still <clears throat> liked the artwork. You know, still liked. Uh, all the same stuff, but literally my actual physical skateboarding day stopped overnight, and I was forced into finding something else to to fill my time, and that was like creating weird little bits of artwork that I didn't even know what they were, or I don't even know why I was doing them. I guess it's like therapy or something, mm-hmm. uh, and then pursued photography a bit more, and uh, that led me on to exactly what I'm doing now, I guess. And that, when was that? So that was like I did that when I was 17. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so God, it's, it's half a life ago. It's pretty interesting. That's <laughs> the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your skateboard injury. I, I, you know, I'm a. You're, you, you, you're a real tenacious kind of spirit for anyone that's met you, and I, I think that positive thinking. Would you say that the injury had a, was a catalyst for that for that characteristic of yours? Yeah, definitely. I guess it was a little bit of a wake-up call, desperation. Because I guess you know, no matter what you do, if if it's suddenly like taken away from you, I guess I guess with sport and anything physical, once you've got an injury and it's a really bad injury like that, that's going to end you and whatever you're doing, you suddenly the next day you've got nothing. Your your whole life and your hobby's gone, and you left like almost like being reborn again, but not in a good way. You're actually lost. You've got mm. to kind of you've got to fill that like time and you've got to you've got all that energy you know like as a kid and it has to go somewhere else and and that was the the only thing because i couldn't get out and do stuff i was having multiple surgeries on my leg uh so it kind of that was where all my energy was going into like i said i, I it wasn't like i knew what I was doing with it i just mm. had this expendable energy that i had to put into something and it just happened to be that because that was maybe the the next thing that I was interested in, you know, yeah. design, art, whatever. I, I don't, I don't really know. So, well, as, yeah, you, as you said, there's a big, there's a big visual culture in, uh, in, in those kind of sports. Yeah, uh, exactly. Underground, underground culture, underground artwork. You know, there's a whole different movement that back in the back in that day, back in that time. Not so much now because it's super commercial, but back when I was a kid doing it, it was it was you know you you were anti everything, you were anti commercial. Mm. All that artwork, all that belonging was like it was completely hidden and only understood by the people that did it. Now it's a total different yeah ball game. So it was a good time to do it, I think for sure, because it's definitely influenced like my stuff, you know, my style in yeah. photography and illustration, I guess. Um, so let's talk about that style because you've got such an explosive style in your in your illustrative work. How long have you been? How long have you been illustrating for now? Um. Okay, uh, as a, as working or just in general? Uh, well, let's just say in general. I mean, you. Wh- when did you study? Well, I went. To, okay, so I graduated in two thousand five, but I actually um, tried to get on the graphics design course in, uh, um, in Preston. After I'd come, I've been travelling at this point, and uh, and decided I need to do something. So so I tried to get on the graphics course, and I got knocked back because my, my work was too unstructured, too messy. Mm. Uh, and, th- and they said, have you ever thought about illustration? I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, what the, he- what the hell is it? Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, thought, I didn't know what it was either. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had no idea what it was. Honestly, I'd, I'd, I, obviously I'd heard the word, but I, I did uh, cartoons. I thought it was cartoons or something, you know what I mean? Mm. So um, I was like, uh, well, I ca- can I not get on this course? And the woman was like, no, we're not going to have you. You're just, you're just, you're just not ever going to be a graphic designer. I was like, oh. <laughs> great uh but have you tried this course i was like okay and 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 i went and had an interview with uh lecturer and he looked to work and he goes oh this is really interesting yeah we can offer you a place i was like okay and that was it Mm -hmm. honestly that was it i had no idea what it was what was getting myself into into you know what i mean um yeah so i guess i've been doing it since 2000 and Two then I guess if you want to actually put a start date, 2002. But I had no idea what it was and I couldn't draw, couldn't do anything mm. in 2002. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show. And, and so and and when did you start taking photographs? Because I know you worked briefly as a photographer before you got into illustration. Is that right? Yeah, I started. I picked my first camera up in when I was 16. Um, little secondhand. Olympus OM10 camera film camera and I, and I just you just used to take pictures of my mates skateboarding mm. that was it for like <clears throat> like two or three years 
So that was the beginning of that, yeah. And I guess, um, I did, again, didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't think, oh, I can make some money out of this, or this is what I'm going to do for a living, or whatever. I just kind of did it. I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. Well, it, well, it is. It's a passion, isn't it? And a natural interest. It's the same as any any successful style or creative output, no matter what you do. Is It's got to come from passion and personality. Do you not think that's weird, though? Like, um, okay, so like if I go to uni and I want to be an accountant or I want to be something, you know what the end goal is. So you're going to go and do that. You might not necessarily like it, but you're going to get a good job out of it and you're probably going to get a good salary, right? Yeah. But when, when you went to go and do the illustration course, let's turn it back to you. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go study illustration because I'm going to make loads of money off of it. No, I, it doesn't work like that. So what the hell are we doing? I did illustration because I couldn't play for Leeds United because I was shit at football. <laughs> and and I ended up drawing for Leeds United, so I got there somehow. <laughs> oh, man, that is so funny, isn't it? That's exactly, but exactly. It, but it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's funny you say that. The arts is full of people who kind of dream of this thing subconsciously, but they don't. no one really knows where they're going. They do it because they don't like anything else, and it takes them on this path where you don't ever see what's just in front. Only with hindsight can you piece it all together. It's really weird. It is weird, but it's also, man, I mean, it uh, might be the same for everybody else, uh, but, like, it's therapy. Because I always imagine, man, if I go to jail or something for whatever reason, say, say I get confined or, like, in a straitjacket or what, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> if I can't do my artwork, my head's going to blow off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just going to... It's just gonna disappear. I'm just gonna implode. It. I'd be. I'd get so frustrated. And I guess that's whether I'm mark making or taking photos. If that's gone, I'm like lost. You know, like mm. I'm like, oh, it's, I, I don't. Life is weird without it. It's, it, it's, it's, it has. Well, it has. Be, I, I know. I speak for both of us because I know you really well. But it has. It's become my life, and I, I know it's become your life. And it's just. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. it, it keeps you up at night. It gets you out of bed in the morning. It's. It's bizarre. Bizarre. But yeah, it's. It is. It's a, it's a passion, isn't it? And I think, um, I think the good thing about that is, despite not knowing what the steps in front of you are, is that your style eventually manifests as a as a byproduct of your personality. It's got to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm. It's very difficult to kind of judge your own work in that respect. But I'm just looking at you, for instance, and I look at how you've developed. And I, I remember when you, you know, your first like weird drawings and stuff and I used to shake my head at him you know I was like what the fuck is he doing and now now I look at your work and that work that I see is you I can see it you know like and and it's because I know you and I guess people who don't know you they obviously can't see that but that is you if you were artwork it's it's that artwork you're doing yeah I guess it's the same I think um it just spills out into it, doesn't it? You know. I think the humour in both of our work was really accelerated by that time we we spent together in the studio. Which, you know, it's it's networking in it, and it and it's getting it's getting out there and being around people and feeding off that. I think that 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 really helps any creative style. You know. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, it's you, you need being a freelance illustrator. I guess it can be a pretty lonely life. You know, I've had I've had. Um, studios with the people I've worked by myself as you have as well so you know like the pros and cons and the pitfalls and stuff mm. but one, one of the I think one of the most important things is being in studio with like-minded people it's as simple as that like bouncing off ideas I mean look at the artwork that we used to create when we were together you know <laughs> some of it never saw the light of day thank god you know what I mean because yeah. it, it's a little close to the bone isn't it or it's like maybe too honest yeah uh, or, or whatever it may be I mean you, I guess if I'd have been doing those sort of like weird work, and, and you're the same, if I was doing the, the weird illustrations and the weird messages that you were putting into these things, 
if you're doing it at home by yourself and you step back and you had a look at yourself creating these weird things, you'd be like, what am I doing? But when you're in a studio with somebody who gets it and has the same sense of humor and you show them and they're laughing their heads off, you're laughing your head off, you know what I mean? And then like, if I, and then you just basically, not, I wouldn't say competing, but bouncing off each other with this weird, this, this weird way of thinking, weird sense of humors. And then you create this amazing stuff, and like you said, it, it only ends up being personal work. Well, you you really do because I mean, I want to. I want one of the things I want to talk about with you is your is your travel experience. I know you've you've freelanced on the road because you know I know we we shared a studio together in Sydney, and and just that for example, all the silly in jokes and sharing those experiences, and then <laughs> feeding that into our work. You know, it, it was it got again it got out of hand like it always does when we share a studio. But um, yeah, I mean, so you've so you're just back from Dubai, right? You've been you've been working out in Dubai as a photographer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I what, what what I was going to say. What year? What year are we in? Two thousand fifteen, right? So like, uh, I went in two thousand. Will it been the Will it been the end of two thousand thirteen? I think I went. Is that right? I think I, it, so. I think it was. Are you about there? A year and a third, or a year and a half in total? I don't. I think it was. I think it was October. I think it was. I know October. It was, it, it was a October two thousand thirteen. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was I was living in York at the time. I had a, a wicked studio, and uh, illustration was going really, really well. Um, I was getting loads of big commissions in for like big companies and stuff. And I just sat there one day, and I thought, I need, I just need to do something different. And not, I wasn't bored with illustration. I just thought, look, okay, I, I've got this style, and it's developing, and it's it's evolving. So it's kind of like not. I wouldn't say it's in the bag, but mm. I, I thought, okay, could I just carry on doing exactly this now for the next X amount of years? And I thought, yeah, I could actually very easily doing it, but I've got it, so why don't I just go and do something else? So, so I started getting back into photography, and actually, I think you actually commissioned me on something, and it re-sparked, um, you, you know, my, my passion in photography. It was the 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 charity, the Calm Charity. Mm. Uh, thing that you got involved with, and 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 I bought all the equipment again, and got you know learned about lighting and so on and so on. Things have moved on since film, um, and then I just started thinking, you know what, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do I'm going to do both. I'm not going to sort of do a watered down version on either. I'm just going to go for it on both. So I started applying for a few jobs, uh, looking on the internet, and uh, yeah, the Dubai thing came up, and it was a staff photographer. The biggest um, publishing house in the Middle East, and they they do all like the big names like Harper's Bazaar, Esquire, mm. uh, Time Out, um, God, you name it. They they do Rake Revolution, you know all these massive things. Um, yeah, and I just got the job, and I just literally packed up, uh, and me and my uh, girlfriend just we just flew out, like no idea about it, we just just went and just did it, mm. and a uh, year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Back I, now, yeah. I, I remember you. Uh, I remember you having, you know, constantly uh, sort of having doubts over, you know, and then one, next one minute you'd be passionate, next minute you were you were questioning it, as anyone does with a big trip like that, big change. But so, how did you? What were the cultural differences when you first got there? Was that must have been quite a culture shock from Dubai, from from, from, from Huddersfield to Dubai? Okay, I guess if I, okay, if you if you've never been anywhere else and you've just lived in the UK or you've just lived wherever and you went over to Dubai. <coughs> It would be a massive culture shock. So, like, I, I do understand that, but like, I've been traveling around the world since I was like, I don't know, what, 18, 19. I've been all over the show. Um, but that place is just a different place. Now, people go there to show off, make money, pretend that they're rich, uh, and live like a super glamorous life. I, I'm none of those, right? 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't. I'm not into like fast cars and good clothes. You know, I, I dress. I, I dress like a bit of a bummer. It's just I feel comfortable in it. That's my suit. You know, the people see it as like homeless, whatever. <laughs> I'm not into cars. I'm not. I'm really not bothered. Give me a rusty car, fine. Um, the glam life, going sipping cocktails, mixing with like the most beautiful people in the world, not my thing. It's it's. And what was it before you left? It was a, it was a it was a can of Guinness and a Citroen. Is that right? A can of Guinness, a Citroen, <laughs> walking the dog in a field, a cup of tea, a movie in bed. That that was you know like that was my sort of downtime. I just just I was starting to like become a little bit of a the beginnings of an old man. So when I went there, man, it was a completely different thing. I, I'm. T- I, I've seen everything. I've seen everything there. I've seen everything. I've seen gold-plated cars. I've seen uh, risotto with with gold flakes. I've seen. <laughs> I, I, honestly, man, I have seen everything, and it's just a such strange world. Uh, being like an illustrator and a designer, and people, you know, you, you live a, you, you look around you, and visuals are so important to you. It was just off the chain, and being a photographer there I had access to everything you know you're well respected as a photographer because everybody there sees you as a as being very beneficial to them and their brand and so on and so on so you just got treated like royalty you know like and uh, like I said I got to see everything stuff that people don't see people stuff that people who have might have millions of pounds they would they don't they did not they would never get to see what I got to see there like the invites and the top of buildings and behind the scenes mm-hmm. you know I, I went to kuwait um to photograph uh, the king of kuwait like f- a few months ago uh doing portrait work for him i've been how to was jordan that? how was how that what a, what a clash of personalities that unless although i don't know <laughs> tell, tell us about that uh well i'm not i can't, I can't get into like everything but um for obvious reasons but yeah, I got invited to go over there for the launch of um, Hello Magazine. They were doing an interiors and portrait shot, and it was their launch there over there. And uh, I was invited. In fact, I was chosen by um, my my photography manager. I'm the man for the job. You know, get out there and whatever. So I literally flew out, rocked up to this 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 um, mansion, greeted by the king of. Uh, of Kuwait, it was it was amazing. The building, if, I don't know if you know anything about Kuwait, but when when all the problems were happening in Kuwait, um, the, the the Kuwait army were forced back into this fortress, which is where I had where the interview and where I shot all, all the stuff. That was the last stronghold uh, when they were when they were fighting. So you can still see all the bullet holes wow. on the walls and stuff. You can see how well it has been built, and it was that it was built for you know for a last retreat almost. So it's just really good, like being there you know that's that that mm. part of history is amazing but the guy was amazing i'm not kidding like so you go into the place and it was like something like that time had forgot he had he had original andy warhol screen prints right wow on on his walls now i know it's the cliche but andy warhol for me was one of the first things i stopped and was like oh my god i don't know how he's done this this shit is amazing now I still like Andy Warhol loads, but obviously things have moved on. But it was just—I remember, like, I was stood in the corridor, kind of laughing, going, "This is unbelievable. These are original Andy Warhols." And I, like, I was like, "So, what, you know, how did you get these?" And he, and he just laughed. He went, <laughs> "And I've since researched about how he got hold of these. He—he uh, he was friends with Andy Warhol. And Andy Warhol went over to Kuwait, like I think in the '60s, right? 
and they were very good friends and he used to sell a lot of artwork uh, in Kuwait and he's got these and they were they're worth 10 million dollars and wow. he's just got them hanging in his in his house and and that's next to artwork by other people I haven't got a clue I mean this guy's collected stuff from all over the world you know like he's mad into European he's very well spoken speak I think he can speak Italian and French and so on and so on so it was just full of European treasures it was unbelievable wow he's a cultured king then Hell yeah! It, it was it was amazing. It was well, like a once in a lifetime thing. Um, that, that's incredible. And I've got a selfie with him and all this. So like, <laughs> I'll post it up at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay, so to go from one extreme to the other, uh, I was intrigued by you. I think you told me that you. Am I right in thinking you'd photographed camel races uh, in the desert? Yeah, a camel races boys club. Yeah, that's that's right. It was it was actually I was sent out on assignment for Time Out magazine. Mm. Um, but you know, uh, time out. You, you can imagine what sort of um, photographs they were expecting. They're not. They're not like cutting edge in and uh, showing the reality of things. You know, they, they're not. They don't want to scare tourists away. So they're after it. There's a brief, and you have to mm-hmm. fulfil it, and you deliver what they require. But I always, whenever I go on these projects, I always do stuff for myself. I make sure I get what they want, and as soon as that's off, you know, I know what I'm what what needs to be delivered I turn into sort of my own mode like personal mode and I'll go off and I photograph my own stuff absolutely amazing like it's it's boys club it's boys club again you know yeah just uh, camels four by fours like Arabs shakes you name it all like hustling and bustling it's a big thing over there man like it's um, it's a weekly thing zero women allowed I think I think there's no women allowed I do think it's like just boys club or I don't think it's a place for women, but yeah, it was, it's like the rugged reality side of the Middle East. Yeah, it's like and, it's like William Hill, and is that is that their equivalent of William Hill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know what the uh, I don't I don't know how it works in in, in monetary <laughs> exchange because as you know, it's illegal over there. But yeah, you know, you know, that must have been so much fun. Oh, it was amazing. I'll, I'll put. I'll um I'll put the pictures up. I'll, I'll at the end of this I'll 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 put a link to my website, mm. and then um I will add the images like all the documentary images from the, these places. You can check them out. Yeah, but it's it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, but um so so you so you um so you illustrated by night right as well. That's right. Yeah. So like uh, my my job was super intense and 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 uh, I didn't know what I was doing from one day to the next. So I was only taking on uh, jobs that I knew. I knew I could get done in the time off because you know you, you'll know with experience with some clients you know there's back and forth and this and that and a job that might you think might take a day hmm. could take a week because the, you're just waiting on clients to do amends and so on and so on so I had to really gauge and make sure that the, the illustrations I was doing for people it was set right this is what you're going to get there's no amends right and they're like yeah that's cool so, you, so I just kind of like adapted a little bit to kind of cut those amends out as much as I could. So yeah, I was like, I was photographing all day, coming home, illustrating from my, from my apartment in Dubai, sending stuff off, you know, obviously time zones, going to sleep, waking up, going to do, uh, yeah, back on it again. Yeah. So, so I was keeping myself um, in the loop. Yeah. I was keeping myself uh, up to date, um, just obviously keeping, keeping in touch with clients, but I was also learning other skills, so it was like really full on. Mm. Yeah. And I wasn't out boozing and glamming up, get, you know, getting in gold cars and shining my gold Rolex and eating <laughs> gold cornflakes and shit, which yeah. is what everyone does over there. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I was, just, I was still doing what I like doing. 
um, and I was avoiding all that. So, mm. and it, yeah. it's a wonderful thing because you know now that you've returned, where as like any travel experience, I imagine that the, the what you've fed into your mind now, both consciously and subconsciously, I, I, I imagine you're kind of re-inspired and, and coming in with all these new, whether it's color palettes, uh, experiences, humor, whatever. I imagine you've really fed fed yourself with all this new material now from that trip. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I guess I, I, I've got to be honest with myself, right? When I, when I first went there, I thought I was a good photographer. And then <clears throat> a month into the job, I realized I was actually just at the, at, at knocking on the door of being a professional photographer. Like, I was just, I was at the bottom. I'm not joking. And oh, when I went over that, I'm not joking. I thought I was near the top. And it, it was a massive wake-up call. A year and a half later, I, I'm coming back to the UK. And I, I can honestly say that I'm at the top, like, of the photography. I'm like a full-on professional photographer. Um, and in that short of a time there, it, it's crazy. I don't know where. I think it's everything to do with the company I was working for. They just kind of it. It was it was a machine, and it forced you to get good. You know, mm. you don't even really think about it. I just looked and saw people's work and thought, shit, I've got to, I've got to get to that standard. I've got to get to it quick, and I did. And I did it in a year and a half, and it was a good time to leave. I was been super inspired now about getting back to England. It's so funny. I'm back in England, and I'm like. I'm looking around and, and I'm like, this is amazing. I spent so much time wanting to get out there, seeing loads of stuff, and I'm back and I'm just, it's just, yeah, it, 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 I'm totally refreshed. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, I know, I know that I, this is what I love doing. Mm. I think that's that's the point. I didn't know if it's what I wanted to do forever, a year and a half ago. And now I know that I want to do both. Yeah, and I can do both. You know, and it, and neither's going to get watered down because I've I've got to a point with the illustration where I'm now like I can see that it's getting better again now because I've gone off and had a break from it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 vice versa. So I think you do. I think you have to keep things fresh. You know, it's like it's like myself doing things like this podcast, and I love you know writing now about the arts, and it. I look forward to the days in the studio, and then I look forward to the days on location, and I just, I just think that balance in anything really keeps things fresh. I think it's I, you know it's crucial. Yeah, hey, listen, man. Um, I, I'm not going to brown nose you, but you're a massive inspiration, but we, and I always like think about what you're doing and how you, you know you're doing exactly what I'm doing. Different subject matter, you know. You've gone into writing, you've written your book, absolutely fantastic book, man. I recommend anybody to read that. And I'm not doing a sales pitch. It's absolutely <laughs> classic. And I've taken it to Dubai. I've dropped it off at certain people, uh, and they love it, man. They can't believe how real it is, and like they're like, oh, it's so refreshing. You know, so you dabbed into that. You're doing this podcast. You do your live artworks. You do your lecturing, and I think that's why you progress. I think that's why anybody would progress when they're doing that because they're not just stagnating. Mm. And I do see that a lot. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say any names. I see, I see it quite a lot in the illustration world. People do not move on because they just they get to a point. They know they can make money from it, and they just stick at it. And they just stay there. And I, I, man, I just, I mean, different personalities. That would, that would wreck me, you know, like just to stop, yeah. just to be like accepting, this is what I do. This is my style. That's, that's me until, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it truly is an individual thing, isn't it? You know, some people really, they find that thing and they love it and they could never exhaust it. But I think that our personalities are quite ex- explorative and, we, and, and we're constantly interested in the next new thing. And I think that inevitably takes you into new places. And, and you know, I, one thing I've learned from spending seven years now in the arts is that once you've got that core specialism and you start to look around and don't stray too far at once, you can sidestep into different arenas and learn on the job. I think there's a lot of scope for that. 
Yeah, definitely. And it, like you were saying, if you've got, if you're forced into, if you're forced into sort of developing. <clears throat> okay, I, I'm just trying to work this. I'm just trying to work out the right way to say this. Like, I guess if I'd gone to do the photography and people, the the, the company that I joined, you know, these are big shoots for like uh, Esquire. Um, Harper's Bazaar, you know the top end editorials. Mm. If I'd have gone to a publishing house where they didn't have these titles and the photographers weren't that good, would I have got as good as I uh, as I've got at photography, or would I have just gone, oh, you know what, I can get away with doing this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess if you, if you throw yourself, if you aim to do to work with the best clients in illustration, you'll naturally sort of um, become. I don't, you know, your skill set will, will will rapidly change if that's what you aspire to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you had it. You had it. You, you, you were you're banging to wrestling as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but anyway, <laughs> fake, it's fake. But anyway, <laughs> we won't have that debate. But that's what you're into, man. And and um, you aspire to do it, and you've done it. And yeah. you've only, I think, you've only got accepted in those magazines and stuff because you've aspired to do it, and you've you, you've got to that level. You've, it's subconsciously and forced you to get to that level and you've done it and now suddenly goalposts have moved haven't they totally it's way ahead way ahead of time and it, and it, and, yeah. it, and that's not a brag that's just the way it's gone you know, I know. i've I met the right saying. yeah i'm saying in the studio said okay what's what's your goal and you're like ah oh, it's uh, yeah i want to work for uh, you know wwe or whatever it is wwf yeah. and uh leeds united right okay and that was when was that that was 2008 Eight. yeah yeah 2008 you said you'd be happy if that's the way you ended up. <laughs> You've left that in the dust. It's done. Yeah. It's done and it's dusted. And and you never you never even thought that was going to happen, did you? No, no, I didn't. But, but, but I did because I saw it. I knew it because I was a little. I was a few years ahead of you. But I just knew that you were going to do it because when you were saying it, some people say it and they never they're scared to go and do it mm. for one reason or another. Maybe they feel they're not good enough or whatever. But you just did. I knew it. I knew it. I didn't. Re- I didn't know it'd happen that quick, but I knew you'd get I'm, there. I'm just a believer that if you, if you if you actually if you truly believe that it's a possibility and you're realistic about the patience you might need to get there and you work hard enough to make that possibility, then I I, I think it's infinitely possible. At the end of the day, like anything else, the the guys who are commissioning that work, they need then their lives need to be made easier. So if someone knocks on their door, knowing about their brand and they're likable, that's enough, you know. Then they think, okay, cool, they can do a job for me. You know, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's easy to be intimidated early on by art directors and client names, but at the end of the day, everyone's got to do a job, and they need people to make that job easier for them. Yeah, and I guess anybody who's listening to this, like aspiring illustrators or whatever, or graduates who who may have read your book, you are a special case. And this is the other thing that I was thinking. I don't mean this in a detrimental way. A lot of people that are in, in the illustration world don't have that knock on the door skill and motivation that you've got. Uh, it's a weird thing, man. Like, and I, and again, I don't know whether it's from 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 backgrounds, from, from family backgrounds or class backgrounds or whatever. But you know, you don't. You're not like a stereotypical illustrator, and I don't think I am either. I think that's probably why we we gel. You know, like the stereotype of an illustrator. In my mind, it's it's not somebody. I I don't I don't want to you know I, mean, I don't want to say the wrong word, but people people who graduate who've maybe had an easy run at something aren't going to get to where you've got as easy as you have. And I don't mean in that, it's just in you. It's like almost like a little bit of a desperation mode, isn't it? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm sat in a cold, damp house in Preston. I've just graduated. Like your book was saying, shit, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, like, I'm actually going to have to get on the phone 
I'm going to have to get down to London. I'm going to have to kick the doors in and literally like grab clients by the hair and force their eyes onto my portfolio. Mm. And that's what we did. We did that, man. We did yeah. it. We well, did it. It's funny because I, I've, I've seen you progress from doing illustrations for All Out Cricket um, <laughs> magazine for, for, First commission. A, yeah, for, for a very little fee. And then I saw you knocking on the door quite robustly when we were in London together uh, for Runners World magazine. And, 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 um, and then I know you went on and did quite a few jobs for them. And I've seen your work in, t- I think, Terminals 2 in Heathrow, large scale for the Olympic Games in London for 2012, which is, that's such a journey, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's not bragging, but it, it's it's that progression and a willingness to learn along the way and and meeting the people that can facilitate that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I still, I still do, still now think I'm like. Sometimes I'm sat there and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Like, how that, how have I got here? Honestly, <laughs> I'm not joking. All it's the just, time, all the must, time. It must be a subconscious thing. Like, I'm just doing my artwork and I'm like, and then my brain wanders off, going, Danny, you're 36. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? I'm like, how have you got here? I'm like, what? It's like Homer Simpson. I don't know. <laughs> just here it's just here and it's um... and it's always but that's the thing isn't it I, th- I think the key the crux of it is it, it, we're always just here and it, you you quickly forget about what you've done because if you start thinking about what you've done and resting on that that's when you stop progressing and I think you've always got that next exciting goal you know the moment I got WWE of course I still work for WWE and I still love it I always will but now I'm, I'm you know let's do a podcast let's write a book you know and it's like Sometimes I hate that because it keeps me awake at night, and I, and I sometimes envy those people that that have that one thing and they can stick to it and they can keep some order. But I need the chaos because I need that to to keep me. Yeah, it's it's adrenaline fuel. You know, people. This is the other thing, man. Okay, how can illustration keep you adrenaline fueled? Right. If you're a race car driver, you get adrenaline fueled. If you're an illustrator. It, it sounds stupid that you that you get adrenaline fuel, but I don't know if it's illustration or a personality thing because, like you were saying, like I see my girlfriend, she she gets into bed, she puts her head on the pillow and she's gone. I'm like, what the fuck? How she just done that? Like my brain's whirling. It's like, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, you you know, you, you, <laughs> what what color palette's gonna match? The, and I'm like, brain, be quiet. A man, I don't want to sound like a madman, but that's that's um mm. that's what keeps me. Like it's like coffee. It's like a constant drip of coffee. I don't yeah. drink coffee, but that's what you know. That's what it's like, and I, and and I love it. It's weird. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's it it, it keeps me excited. I, I get like I get adrenaline sometimes when I get off the phone. You know, when a new projects come in, mm-hmm. my brain's kind of like just going off on on its own little thing, sketching things out, and I just I just love it, man. I, you I, you have to embrace it eventually, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. I've just I've come to the conclusion that. I'm never gonna sleep more than seven hours <laughs> a night. I've just got to accept it, and it's probably gonna like dwindle as I get older till I get like 20 minutes a day or something. But I know you're the same. Yeah, absolutely. I, we always laugh about this, but it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one there's one story that I um, I want to just just dredge up, which always makes me laugh, and I think the listeners will enjoy. Um, when you I've started to call it near death freelancing. When you were in um, when you were in Australia, and didn't you share a studio with Scott? and wolf spiders and oh so sketchy like okay so um i went to australia when i was 18 and i did uh i, I did the year visa um thing when i was 18 so and that's before was it 18 no hang on no it wasn't i was 19 i went and did a year came back after 20 that's when i went to no it wasn't either was it hang on 21 i went to australia traveling came back 22 went to uni at 23 so i started uni at 23 that's right 
So I'd done my visa thing, and then I went through university, uh, and I've met, I met a girl there who I'm still with to this day, 13 years, by the way. So I give myself a pat on the back for that, uh, or her even, probably more her. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, and then we decided to go travelling after. I think in 2008 we went travelling to Australia, and she'd got a work visa, but I couldn't get one, um, so I couldn't work. So I actually set um, myself up to freelance illustrate on the move, which is. It was the best thing ever. Like, I didn't know if it was going to work, um, you know, with technology, whatever. I bought a van and we decided to drive from Perth, Western Australia, all the way up the coast, all the way around, hugging the, hugging the coast all the way around to Sydney. So, you know, it's a lot of miles. It took us like six months. When we're in Perth, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to have to bring money in somehow, but I can't legally work in Australia. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for this, but I don't, I don't think I was breaking any rules anyway. But, um, so she would work in farms and stuff, and I would like set up in our van with a dongle. I had my scanner, all the power, and I was still taking on commissions for like people all over the world. So you know, we might be parked up by the beach, and I was doing some artwork, or we, you know, we we're in a campsite. I was doing some artwork when it came in while she was sunbathing or reading or swimming or whatever. But um, she got a job in a, a farm, and she was there. She wanted to do, uh, th- I think, two and a half months. So got friendly with the farm dude. He couldn't give me any work legally, but he said that we could live on his property, you know, no problems, rent rent free. Mm. Um, and he said uh, that we could use the shed for our living room. I'm not joking, it was a shed, like a shed. It, could, it was a, had a desk. It had room for a desk. I'd put a desk in there and some uh, two people. But when I went in, it was like, it was in the middle of like a, like a desert. I'm not kidding. And I opened this thing up and it just looked like someone had died in there. It was like a, it was like a horror film um, <laughs> setting there was like cobwebs and there was like a, there was a hornet's nest inside of the wall so there's all these hornets and wasps and everything coming out so unfortunately i had to get rid of them but they were like you know they were they were going after us and i had to like spray them spray them out and all this cape i got rid of them got rid of all the cobwebs um and i, I pulled the lino up um to change it over and as i pulled it up there was a scorpion there and I was like, whoa, shit. And as I went to go and get it, it sort of scuttled off into a corner and I just dropped the lino. And then I spent a few hours looking for it and I couldn't find it. And I thought, ah, sod it. And I just put a desk in there and just, uh, yeah. And it was just my studio. <laughs> I just thought, you know what? I, I ain't finding this. And I just I just set, a, set up a studio and thought nothing of it again. Yeah, so I <laughs> had a little little mascot in there somewhere. But yeah. It's fantastic. Never got me. So there you go. <laughs> All right, so there's a little regular feature that I want to do um, on the show with each guest, and I decided to call it uh, the Shark in the Tank. And it's it's quite simply, um, I want to ask people what their... Okay, it's probably going to be a favourite thing of the moment, because I'm going to put you on the spot, but it's what's your favourite creative work? That can be anything from an album to a poster to a gig to a, a painting, what, anything you want within the arts. What's, what's something that's inspired you or stayed with you or you know just a particular favourite pick? Can I say like a like a genre or actually one particular piece? Because I don't really know that. You can say whatever you want. It's you know it can be it's up open book really. Just something that something that inspires you or really gets you going. Okay, it might be it might be a few actually. Does it have to be one particular thing or can it? No, you can you can give me a few. I guess what it is, man. I love I love film, right? And I love lighting. Lighting for me is uh, atmosphere, you know, Mm. and 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 it spills into illustrations and photography and everything. I absolutely love the lighting in films. Sometimes I watch films, and I won't 
listen I won't see what's going on I'm just looking at how things are done so I would say film but I also love screen prints man I love the smell of them I love the look of them and I'm not even going to say anything in you know any particular piece I just love screen prints and films and I think that is yeah for me is is in the top two like yeah, I guess that's it. I, that's I, a good answer. That's a good answer. It's a really good answer. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I relate to both, but yeah. No, I, I knew I, I knew you'd probably reference film. I know how much you love film. But if I could say one thing, it's lighting. It's just yeah. light. Yeah. Just have, have a look at my illustration work if, 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 if you get a minute. Everything's thought about the way the, the, the light wraps around things or creates. Even in my illustration, just, just now I've said it and you have a look. Just, just have a yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. I w- yeah. No, that's it. You really should. So the best place. Where's the best place that people can check out your work? Um, okay, so my personal website is dannyallison.co.uk. So that's d n w n y a l l i s o n.co.uk, and my photography is dannyallison.com. So it's exactly the same, but .com. So you know, check them both out. Um, see what you think. Uh, obviously, I have an agent. In my opinion, one of the best agencies uh, to be with. Been with them for many years now, and that's Illustration Web. So you can check out um, my portfolio there as well. Yeah, and drop us an email if you want any questions, or you know, if you've got something to say about anything, good or bad, or if you just want to uh, take the piss or anything, man, just send me an email. Cool. And um, and lastly, um, what's what's coming up? What are you working on at the moment? Okay, cool. Uh, I have just landed a advertising photography commission in September for a clothing brand, um, and it's it's being shot in Oxford University, so that's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, so that's coming up. And illustration-wise, I am working on an animation, a, a nice feature animation, um, and I'm going pretty light on. Uh, getting little illustrations in at the moment because I'm just about to move house so I'm not really taking on any uh, little commissions but I'm moving into the animation world um, as as I guess you've already dabbled haven't you yeah you're, you're in there I've done a few but this is going to be a feature length thing so I'm super excited about that because I've always wanted to bring my stuff to life and it's actually happening now alright two years on from when I said I was going to do it but it's happening yeah so and, uh, can you give us any details on that or is it still uh, embargoed it's uh, mixed martial arts that's all I'm saying Awesome. Look forward yeah. to that. So it's it's, <laughs> it's it's right up my street. I'm well into that. So yeah, watch watch this space. Superb. All right, yeah. all right, Danny. Well, cheers for your time. And um, yeah, hope it all go. I look forward to seeing the the new work. No, cheers, man. Uh, it's good speaking to you. It's always good speaking to you, dude. And uh, I hope your podcasts uh, a massive success. I'm looking forward to like some of the characters that you you get on here. I can't, oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I want you know. To, yeah, any any suggestions are always welcome. So I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to move things along and see how we can get on. Uh, I've toned it down a bit. I haven't gone super crazy because I still want to get commissions off people. I don't want people to like you know think I should be in a mental home rather than you know behind the drawing <laughs> desk. So. Yeah, well, well, you know, save that for the work and uh, yeah. people could read that through the illustrations and photography. Cracking. All right, enjoy, dudes. All right, mate, take care. Take care, man. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Amazing stuff. Um, King of QA, I did not know that story. That's um, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, check out Danny's stuff, as he said, dannyallison.co.uk or on the illustration web portfolio section. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter at 
arrest all in the mix and you can email us arrest all the mix at gmail.com uh, look forward to some amazing guests we've got some great people lined up and look forward to hearing your thoughts do let us know any suggestions very welcome uh, and we'll look forward to being with you in the future cheers guys bye bye